0: Hi, I'm Heather Raffo. I am the playwright and performer of Noura here at Playwrights Horizons. Um, It's a play that I've spent um, the last five years working on that delves deeply into both my personal heritage and my current life. Um, My personal heritage being as an Iraqi American um, with family that originated in the city of Mosul. Um, they were Iraqi Christians, so the play does center around Christmas time and some of their experiences. Um, and then it also delves deeply into modern marriage and motherhood, and many thoughts I've been having about um, my work teaching women in New York and my own experiences as a woman in New York. And I'm super excited to welcome this group of different. Iraqi women, I say that kind of, you know, with my eyes going because um, some were born in Iraq, some were born here. We all, I'm sure, identify in many different ways and we can each talk about that. But um, there was a strong pull for me to bring together women that had connections to Iraq, that had different religious connections to Iraq, um, different generational connections, um, and to allow for that kind of conversation to be as broad and dynamic as possible. And so I'm going to let Hiba introduce herself next. Thank you. What you do, um, any, anything you want to introduce
1: about yourself. Um, my name is Hiba Hadid. I am an Iraqi-American immigrant, definitely. Right. Um, I was born and raised in Baghdad to...
2: Um,
1: um, dad from Mosul and a mother from, half from the south, half from Baghdad. Um, and, and then we left, and then we came here. How um, old were you when you came? 15,
3: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Um, it, it was definitely a cultural shot that required adjustment, but um, I see, I'm constantly questioning of the definition of home and where that is, because even though we immigrated here, I, we kept moving, so um, that, that subject constantly comes up for me. Um, in my professional life, I'm an architect by training,
3: and that's what I do. Um, I'm Zahra Ali. Uh, I'm a sociologist. Uh, I work on issues of women and gender in relation to Iraq, uh, in relation to the Middle East, in relation to uh, Islam and Muslim communities. And I've worked, I mean, for the past few years, I've worked a lot on women's movements and feminist uh, activism in Iraq, especially focusing on the post 2003, post US invasion uh, period. Uh, I'm a daughter of a family of Iraqi political exiles in France, which is not that common. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I have, um, for my research, but also, uh, I mean, just because I wanted to live uh, you know, in my family house in Baghdad, uh, I lived in Iraq in the recent periods. And you've just released a new yes. book. Yes. Oh, yes. Thank you. I just, uh, yes, I just published a, a book. Uh, so the title is Women and Gender in Iraq Between Nation Building and Fragmentation. Uh, it just came out with Cambridge uh, in September and mm-hmm. you participated to my book launch mm-hmm. in New York. And I, you know, I can say the book is a feminist book about Iraq and it is a book about feminism in Iraq. This is how I will mm-hmm. summarize the book. Mm-hmm.
4: So I'm Anisa Mehdi. It's nice to be able to say Mehdi in a room where people don't say, what? Mehdi, mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: right. you
4: know, medhi. I've gotten so many permutations. Because um, I'm the daughter of an Iraqi who came to the University of California, Berkeley, mm-hmm. in 1949 and married this beautiful woman who was born in Canada, wow. blonde-haired, blue-eyed. And uh, they had three children, three daughters, and I'm the eldest of the three. So I have a kinship with Iraq, but it's not... I was raised here in this country as an Mm Arab-American, not as an Mm Iraqi-American, because the the distinctions among the Arabic-speaking countries hadn't been as important then as having some kind of a community that had a linkage to what we call the Arab world or the Middle East, which is mm-hmm. actually Southwest Asia mm-hmm. and North Africa. And we've mm-hmm. got to get away from that colonial terminology yes, that we use.
0: Mm-hmm. Just because a question's coming up for me, did, it, did you feel your identity within your community shift from being Arab American to Iraqi American purely because of war? Did, did,
4: well, my did it pers- call you
0: out more or, or not really? Really good question, Heather. I would
4: say personally, it I had an it had an impact on me mm-hmm. because the day after we started bombing Baghdad, uh, mm-hmm. July, uh, January
3: sixteenth,
4: nineteen ninety one, I found out I was expecting my first child, the daughter, the granddaughter of mm-hmm. you know a man who went to the high school of commerce in Baghdad. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, it was, it hurt. Right. It hurt that my country was destroying my home, my father's homeland. But one other piece about me is that, you know, he's, he's Muslim and she was Christian, so we were raised to appreciate the religious traditions and practice of both Islam and Christianity. Um, professionally, I spent uh, about 25 years in broadcast journalism, and I've, made, uh, I've done news, I've done documentary films, mm-hmm. and recently have taken on the executive directorship of a small NGO. It's called the Abraham Path Initiative.
2: My name is Cynthia Kaplan Shamash, and that was the name that I was given at birth, actually, Cynthia. Um, uh, we have left Iraq in 1972. Uh, I'm an Iraqi Jewess. Um, I'm mentioning it because this is what made us leave. Um, I grew up in Amsterdam I became a dentist in Amsterdam, and I became a dentist in New York because the teeth are slightly different. Uh, <laughs> New York I teeth are different than <laughs> those Dutch teeth. So, yeah, the Dutch, European teeth. and, uh, and um, um, Questioning my identity and the, the, the loss that I felt uh, prompted me to write a memoir to kind of settle me. And um, there is an Arabic expression, al-Fatmat, mm-hmm. that which has passed has died. But let me tell you, mm-hmm. it must be that I have experienced a lot of resurrections.
0: <laughs> so uh,
2: <laughs> I am the proof of that there are resurrections because... Uh, the past has not died. It's a part of us and it keeps popping up every now and then mm-hmm. and this is what we're talking about. Yeah. So thank you.
0: Zahra, mm-hmm. can, you, can you start us off? Um, we, we had the pleasure of riding in on the train together. Um, by mistake, but what luck, right? Um, and I was really thrilled to talk to you. You're a feminist scholar who I admire so much and I... I come to my work as a playwright just with really my own experience Mm
2: -hmm.
0: right so I'm just I'm just absolutely writing from my soul Mm -hmm. I go and do research absolutely but then it really just moves through me and I'm having a writing experience so being on the train with you and reflecting back Mm -hmm. kind of taking a different lens through which to see the work Mm -hmm. was really intriguing for me and and I'd love to just hear you speak a little bit about that, and it might jumpstart us mm-hmm. reflecting in that way either in agreement or disagreement, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I just want you to all feel mm-hmm. very comfortable to have your own opinions about it, but I was, I was very intrigued at the way you were placing together.
3: Yeah. <clears throat> well, um, I think that's, um, I mean, there are so many the, the, the play is so dense, right, mm. and is so rich. So there are so many things that it made me, you know, think about, uh, and actually not only, you know, from a feminist perspective, but you know, more generally. The play uh, um, actually tackles issues of gender and sexuality, right, but in, a, in such an intelligent way uh, that made me, you know, so comfortable in, in, in when I was uh, watching the, the, the play in the sense that yes, issues of gender and sexuality do define. Identities, borders, right? Uh, you know, in so many other contexts, it's not specific to the Middle East. Actually, you know, the nation or nationhood is actually gendered, right? right? I mean, mm-hmm. women are, are very often perceived and defined as bearer of the nation, or as the definers of you know identities, of you know the the line. You know, gender and sexuality is often uh, really defining the line between communities, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that in in the play you show i mean so well you know how it's about that but it's always more complicated than that right that uh, uh, you know through you know this woman's life uh, this very strong woman actually very opinionated woman uh, perspective uh, you know issues of for example patriarchy that we often use as a blanket term uh, you know to cover realities that are way more multilayered way more complex yeah no it was it was really it was really important to me,
0: partly because I, I knew that one of the inspirations of the play was to, was a doll's house, and to push back against the Ibsen. And I knew that for a fact, I didn't want patriarchy to be the thing she was pushing up against. Mm, yeah. mm-hmm. So the secret that had to be revealed, that secret in Ibsen is that she's forged a document that saved her husband's life and he shames her. Well, this, the secret had to be that a woman a mother didn't stand up for her own daughter. Mm-hmm. It had to be a female-on-female f- female relationship. That mm-hmm. her
3: her sense mm-hmm. of shame was that she didn't protect her own.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, Noura changed her mind at some point when she, you know, encounter uh, uh, her daughter. Can mm-hmm. I say that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Uh, and you know, at the beginning, she reacts. You know. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, um, in, in a very negative way, uh, uh, in a way, but, but then when she encounters the reaction of her husband, she actually turns into the best ally of, of, mm-hmm. of this girl that you know has emerged in, in, in her life. And it just shows that you know the way we actually position ourselves uh, regarding that kind of issues is is so uh, is so complex and it's it's constantly changing and it's changing in relation to our different positionalities, right? Her there are pressures from her
0: that are coming from patriarchal parts of society. But but the ultimate thing that's eating her and weighing on her is this decision of do women stand actually stand up for each other or don't they? So she takes the course of this play mm. to choose to stand up for her daughter and finally to speak it. And I, mm. I, that does really come to mind when I think about our recent American election and how many women... Say they didn't vote for Hillary. You know, like these, these ways that we, as women, always talk about the parts of our patriarchy we're still pushing up against. And I really question, well, are we standing up for each other? What are we doing for each other? And how? Yes, sorry. I, I think
4: we all had a choice of who we were going to vote for if yeah. we voted in the last election. I yeah. don't think she had as much of a choice in no, Iraq no, for sure. in those days to for decide sure. not to keep a baby that was made out of wedlock. Right. I think that the pressures from the society, the culture around her were enormous. I agree. And particularly given the conflict that was going on, the wars that were going on. Um, it was hard enough. As I forgive her. I forgive her. I
0: agree, I agree that there is a lot to forgive. I think her coming to terms with herself in America mm. is seeing things through a new lens and questioning if... She, did she have another choice? Did at that she have time? another choice and should she forgive herself? Right? And I think that you and I think that's exactly what you're talking about. You see her you see her call Mariam a slut within 5 minutes of meeting her.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then you see her in a scene with her husband maybe 10 minutes later mm-hmm. say no you can't use that word. Mm-hmm. 15 minutes later, whatever, like half hour. Whatever. So you it's a quick journey to internal judgment like we're taught to judge, mm-hmm. and then, well, wait a minute, I don't, do I have to judge the way I've been taught to judge? Mm-hmm. Because another aspect working in the play that's, that's deeply part of that is the sense of, well, we were all in it together in Iraq. Mm-hmm. We were neighbors living side by side at one point right. that was working out for thousands of years with difficulties. I'm mm-hmm. not saying it was, you know, but, but it was still working. Mm-hmm. So what is it that allowed for it to completely stop working at some point, and I only I bring that up because it's very, it's very important to talk about in relation to Iraq, but it's really important to talk about in relation to America. I feel that that's what's going on as much for me as an American right now.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And something also that you show in, in, in the play, I mean, very intelligently and beautifully is um, actually how we become... Uh, very often when we are, you know, in uh, diasporic kind of... Uh, when we are in, in the diaspora outside of Iraq, very often the caricature, you know, of, uh, of the so-called culture, that is a culture that is... We just, become more Iraqi? Yeah, I mean, oh, is and, and yeah, also yeah. more religious. Like, it's, yes. it's also a sociological fact that, you know, very often, you know, communities become more conservative, uh, uh, you know, in outside... In diaspora. Yeah, in diaspora, because, because you need to, to belong and you need also to situate your, yourself. You know that you are an other, especially being in the U.S., right? The country that actually destroyed your country, right? So, so and, and, and you need to be, you, you are this other, so you are performing the other as well, right? And, and, and you also just imagine a culture uh, that does not really exist, right? Because right. what is culture? Uh, I mean, uh, culture is, is, is such a, you know, a, heavy, a heavy word that is you know, very often, uh, um, I mean... Essentialized right, mm-hmm. so so, and I love a sentence that is uh, you know that uh, one of the characters the, the lover the, the character who is in love mm-hmm. with with Noura, when he says, uh, "Well, before thinking of going back to your country or something similar to that, uh, think about about who you or who you were when you were uh, thinking about who you are, yeah. were when you were in Iraq." Uh, I think that was really beautiful because it shows that yes, I mean it, there is something collective about it, collective about certain ideas and certain, certain practices, certain you know performances of religion, ethnicity, or so-called culture. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, it's also very individual. I like I like that um, you
2: know sometimes we use exile as a sort of uh, parent-child relationship mm-hmm. when things when when things go as we wanted and it's panning out, our exile is empowering. I, I mean, I'm speaking for myself. Mm. When things don't go wrong, I'm like, it's because we're uprooted. You see that? <laughs> <laughs> it's, that it's exactly scary. like a parent-child. Yeah. It's when if we were in the same place, we would have never experienced it. But when it's empowering and withdrawing positivity and progressive. It's because we are empowered from the angles we saw. Yeah, yeah true. You know? Yeah, true, very true. And I'm sure you saw that
0: on yes. stage in those 90 minutes. They're debating that. Mm. Yes. One person feels one way, the other person feels exactly. the opposite, then the next one changes their mind, and just as they're changing their mind, the other one's say.
2: The ambivalence, yeah. the tug of war between... Right. The anchorage pulls you back and then mm-hmm. you go a little further and mm-hmm. pulls you back and you go a little further. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was continuous at the play.
4: And I wonder if it's different depending on how you came here. If you came here because you had to flee
2: yeah. and you
4: had to get out of there yeah. or mm-hmm. if you came here yeah. as so many Iraqi Americans, my father's friends all came um, because they came for an education mm-hmm. and they were mm-hmm. mostly fully funded by the government right. mm-hmm. and they came you know, without any sign of desperation. And some of them went back mm-hmm. and some of them didn't.
3: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's true because it brings a level of embitterment. And then if, if there is a sense of embitterment that you have been pulled away, perhaps you can drop the, what was accepted. That the whole package I'll drop, including the views. Mm-hmm. I think it's much easier than when you feel a still an emotional connection and you still have the respect and you did not go um, out of that area yeah. willingly and on your own volition. Yeah, it, yeah.
4: it seems the majority, at least the three of, mm-hmm. of you, did not go with volition. You had to,
1: right? My dad came here as a, as a refugee and he was here mm-hmm. for about three and a half-ish years before we moved here. Um, so his status is completely different than ours. We just immigrated here. So our transition was a little bit more easier. Than mm-hmm. him. But I remember her very specifically saying, once we got to the Bay Area, which is where my family is, mm-hmm. um, saying, we're Iraqi, remember that. Mm-hmm. Never let it go. This house is Iraqi. And I just remember thinking, but we've always been Iraqi, you know, so what, what does that change? What did he mean? I don't know exactly. I think he just, he was scared of, of what his little daughters could be exposed to. He didn't want his daughters to go out and then party all night or have boyfriends or do wet teenagers in the in, mm-hmm. in high school do around here yeah. you know he he tried to preserve what the iraqi daughter is supposed to be did he surround
4: you with others who were iraqi or were you no, living so
1: we were surrounded by the arab community you were it was not not iraqi um it was a, a small arab community not that large mm-hmm. and um no not iraqi I mean the only other Iraqi family was his younger brother's family.
0: Well I've I have and noticed in in all my teaching of young women from that region and in my own life that like they you can be the most progressive family or westernized you can what wherever you fall yeah. on the gamut it, it it's different for the daughter. Like <laughs> the Absolutely. one place where yeah. things tend to revert yeah. Yeah. and that was that was even true in my upbringing of, I mean, I had to play soccer and basketball, I mean, was Michigan upbringing, right? Yeah. Had to get 4.0 grades, but play soccer and basketball, do all these things, but boy, I sure couldn't date or
3: party. It's really related to the issue of, uh, I mean, uh, how, how, you know, difference, how, how identity, so, it's much it's right. gendered, right? And how definitely, yes. I mean, it's true that when I, when I think about my, my parents, I mean, I think being a political exile, it was always this idea that we, we were going to return, go back mm. at some point. So in 91, for example, oh, the regime is going to fall. We're going to go back. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it actually happened after 2003. But, you know, the situation was so incredible after 2003 that, you know, going back was not um, possible anymore. Right. Um, but I think that, you know, in, in my in my own experience, uh, and i can see it now with more uh, distance when i uh, when i think of of the ways in which especially my father who was you know very politically involved in terms of um, you know in, in the iraqi opposition of uh, i heard this sentence you know you know you know we are iraqis right and 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 i now i understand it so so much right mm-hmm. and and in a way i'm i'm I'm, yeah. I'm kind of thankful that you know we preserved you know aspect of who who um who he think uh, we i mean so my my two parents are from from the south of iraq and and i actually discovered uh, um who my father actually is in iraq after going back to iraq you know mm-hmm. who is his family uh, and and uh, you know what what kind of uh, uh, life, you know, he was living, and same for my mother. You need, you really need to actually go back and, you know, live with your family to, to expe- experience that. So there are many things that actually make sense now after that I, I mm. reconnected. Uh, mm. And, and I, I, I can understand that if you, if you don't have the, the bigger picture, it feels only, it feels, it's, it's just oppressing, right? Mm. It's just heavy, you know, especially as a girl. Um, But uh, displacement, exile, is such a violent experience. It's so violent, right? To have to flee, to have to leave for political reasons, to be really uh, cut, because Mm. the the exile situation is that, you know, my family couldn't even, uh, my mother couldn't even call her sisters, right? My father Mm -hmm. couldn't be in touch with his family, right? So being cut for something like 23 years, uh, and then you know going back, but going back to what to a country fragmented to a country uh, you know destroyed right, right. Uh, but I, yeah, I
0: think that I think it 's extra violent in that when when you 're outside looking and hoping to go home, but then when you okay. see that the home yes it's, it's, but it 's changed to the point where your identity wouldn 't work there. Anyway, and I'm meaning that as a Muslim, as a Christian, as a Jew, like that, that's what, Mm -hmm. I think that's a really interesting aspect of this conversation because it's, it's, the play is focused on this Christian family, but it's the Muslim character that's saying you can't go, we, we both can't go back. It is unrecognizable for both, what we had as an integrated neighbors Mm -hmm. that could be in each other, like, we can't have that anymore. It does, it, and. And I think that that is, for me personally, that's the biggest loss. It's not as somebody that was raised in a Christian faith, it's as somebody that Learned about Iraq as an Iraqi outside of faith. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That now, it, when we look at it, it's that that's not what's on the ground there.
3: Exactly, and and, right. and, and I mean in Mosul, when you think about in Mosul, is is terrible destruction. And thinking about Baghdad, for example, sixty-five percent of the, the population of Baghdad, after the two thousand and six, two thousand and seven, you know, sectarian mm-hmm. war, right. moved. Sixty-five yeah. percent of the population moved either inside Baghdad, you know, because because the city be- became you know fragmented mm-hmm. uh, and is still fragmented uh, uh, according to uh, ethnic and sectarian belonging or you know outside of Baghdad in Iraq or outside of Iraq so obviously the Baghdad that the population yeah, completely
0: shifted yeah, yeah. its demographic.
3: Exactly. Right. And and obviously even Iraqis I think inside Iraq don't even recognize their country because the the, the incredible shift, you know, the that you know was clearly provoked by uh, you know the, the, the US invasion and occupation but you know that like you said starting in ninety one mm-hmm. I mean re, re reshaped the whole country. One of the things that I noticed about that from
4: afar, because I was only in Iraq for two weeks in my entire life, mm. in 1976. Mm-hmm. And when my, my mom's mom died, she left a little bit of money, and my mother took us to meet our grandmother. Mm. And uh, it was a extraordinary. Her name was Zahra. Oh. Mm-hmm. She, she had her hair was red with henna on her hands and she rolled her own cigarettes and smoked cigarettes mm-hmm. like Nora. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when she went outside, she pulled her abaya over her mm. and no one else could see really all of the details of who she was. I was lucky I got to, mm. to see it. But there was never discussion of Sunni, Shia, yeah. Christian, no. Jewish. I mean, no. it was just uh
0: Yeah, no, uh, my father says all the time you wouldn't, it would be impolite to ask if your neighbor was Sunni or Shia. Who yeah. okay, cares? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, his best man at his wedding was Muslim. I mean, it's just...
2: Well, yeah. we lived side I, I, by side in peace I, right. Right. Mm, right. for generations, for 2,700 years. Yeah. We Not, lived side by side. Like, I tell you personally, when we were in jail in Arbil, and the guard brought us uh, embroidered pillowcases and sheets. Mm. And my mother asked the guard, why are you doing that? And he brought us kebab arbili, because they're known for it, right? Mm -hmm. And he told her, don't worry, my mother was Jewish. What's the difference? You're in jail now, and I want to take care of you. And that's how we lived. We weren't a a sectarian uh, society at all. Mm -hmm. But I want to... uh, uh, mentioned something about a woman from the Middle East. There is a, a flip side to it. Yeah. When we came to Holland, my mother was widowed. My father passed away shortly after we escaped. And I tell you, the most heroic, she was so powerful. She is my hero. Like, even in my book, I dedicate, and I really mean it, she took at 34, a widow with four children in a strange country, she took us through the years as if we we're on a field trip, oh. not to worry, not to this, not to that. And I saw that in Nora. I saw oh. when you were lying on the floor and hugging her son, mm. so my when I was watching it, my. American daughter looked at me, and she winked at me, because that's what I say. <laughs> I hugged them, and I said, but I got that from my mother. Who, that do, I love? Un- who yes, do I love? who do I love? Yeah. That me. unconditional <laughs> yeah. compassion that, that the world could be upside down, outside the home, but the compassion and the love that my mother provided, we didn't have a penny to our name, and I always say that when I talk, but in the home... I felt like a million dollars, (laughs) and that's what was so empowering, and I find, you know, even the general picture of women in the Middle East and so, but inside, the core is so hard, and it's so strong, and it's so empowering that I wish I could emulate it 40 years after leaving Iraq. I try. I bet you do. I try. (laughs) I think we can see say that she that. does. <laughs> I can't
0: we? Say. It's pretty
2: obvious. <laughs> it's that Iraqi modesty. You can't say, well, of course I do. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> Iraqi, Iraqi modesty. Speaking about that, we, had, we it's nothing to do with women, but it's, uh, it's this modesty, this no, no. We had, yeah. a, we had an Iraqi friend, a Jewish woman in Holland, and she just came to... Uh, Dutch culture, mm-hmm. and she goes to friends, and they offer her a cookie, and she says no, no, la la, three, three times on the <laughs> But, but <laughs> Western society, if you say no, it's no. Exactly, and exactly. and she I told us I. I kept getting hungry every time I think <laughs> hungry, so I, I learned when they say I yeah. say yes please. But that took years.
3: Yeah. Yes. It is <laughs> and, and my
4: husband's always saying, Don't press them, don't pressure them. Don't because I would offer again yeah. and yeah. again yeah. at least three times, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. Finally he understands
2: too. Yeah. Yeah. If you want it, say yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> with, with all that strength and all that love and all those you know, thousands of years of togetherness. Really, what's um, what's the future hold? Are we positive? Are
2: we hopeful? I'm hopeful. Yeah.
1: I'm um, I'm definitely hopeful. I don't know how soon the future can come, though. Yeah. <laughs> or how soon it can happen. But I think there is a lot of recognition of the outside forces and their impact on Iraq within Iraq right, itself. Right, exactly. And I think once that is named and pointed to, then you can distance yourself or you can try to mm-hmm. do something else, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah. Th- I, you have to keep the hope. I mean, what else I agree. I'm are hopeful. you going to do, I'm, you know? I agree.
0: i I agree entirely. I just yeah. didn't know. I just I, wondered if... Yeah.
1: I mean, I just, I can't wait to go back and visit one day. I just, I don't know when that is going to be. And it's funny because when I first moved out here, I hated it. Mm -hmm. I hated it. I hated it. I just wanted to go back because I didn't speak the language. I didn't have any friends, whatever. You know, and everyone who asked me, are you going to go back to visit? And I say, yeah, yeah, Mm. yeah. And then the war happened. And then everybody I know there left, (laughs) you know. Mm. Um, But now when people ask me if I want to go back and... I hesitate a little bit before saying yes. It's not that instant, yes, I want to go back. Just because I'm trying to preserve as much of um, Hiba in the late 90s or mm-hmm. early 2000s of, in Baghdad mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. as possible that I'm sure it has changed now. If I go back, my memories are just going to be an isolated um, thing within me that doesn't exist anymore right. or is not supported by by the surrounding, but I am hopeful um i'm not hopeful i mean i I don't think it's going to go back to what it was, but it's going to be it's going to progress somehow some way mm. you know hopefully for something better yeah. yeah
4: i'm absolutely certain that things will change yeah there, i mean think back through you were saying. 2,700 years, is that? Yes. Is that fact, you're dating back to... The destruction
2: of the temple.
4: Uh-huh, okay. But, let me calculate.
2: Well, we can calculate. Well, course, it's a few thousand
4: years. So the, the, It's always the, good. You know, there were Zoroastrians, there were right. Jews who contributed right. after being brought there from, exactly. you know, in South, South Iraq, Babylon. Been and for a long time. Long time, long before the Christians, right. long before the Muslims, but as... As religions came and went, right, and people yes. shifted, it right. becomes Mesopotamia, Fertile Crescent. Then it becomes under this mm-hmm. uh, this empire and that yes. empire, and the, and then uh, the, the the House of Wisdom and all of that great intellectual mm-hmm. hub that Baghdad what? became for many, 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 many years, and um, and then come the the Mongols and Hulgu Khan and the rivers ran blue with the ink of books along with the blood of people, and, mm-hmm. and that was 1258. And it came back, and it will come mm-hmm. back. And I don't hope to see it back in its magnificence um, as a living, mm-hmm. you know, this piece of me. I imagine the, the ephemeral will mm-hmm. be able to appreciate it, mm-hmm. you know, sometime down the road. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a long thing, this continuity of human life. The journeys, the journey that that Nora takes—it's a long journey she mm-hmm. takes. It's not just that physical yeah. journey; it's not the eight years here. Yeah. It's a continuity of of women wondering about who we are and human beings, you know, mm-hmm. from before Ibrahim, from mm-hmm. from Eve. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, and we're part of that. So, I'm absolutely confident.
3: Well, I'm I'm less hopeful to be honest. Um, I'm less hopeful in in terms of the diversity that used to exist, and it's unfortunately also the case when we think about the region as a whole. I think that uh, you know the identity identity politics are, are very powerful, right? And 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 you know the destruction that has happened uh, is kind of irreversible, I guess. Um, I mean the the fragmentation is here now, and we also have to acknowledge it, right? Uh, so. In this sense, I'm not necessarily hopeful, and I think we need a lot of time to recover, right? There is so much trauma, and trauma that, you know, the post-2003 trauma, the 90s trauma, the 80s trauma, so many layers of trauma, <laughs> 70s right? 70s Yes, yeah, 70s trauma, that's very true. But, but in terms of now, I mean, also because I, I do uh, go to Iraq regularly, uh, Baghdad, but also the South, uh, uh, Najaf, uh, Karbala, Nasriya, the city of my father. Najaf is the city of my mother. Um, and I'm very hopeful uh, about, you know, the I mean the, the younger generation, actually, youth, right? Uh, and I'm actually doing... Why? M- Tell me why. So, I've, I mean, I've, I've met a lot of... Um, it's also part of my, of my new research on social movements and grassroots activism, uh, especially in, in, in Baghdad, but also in the South. And it's true that in Iraq, despite everything and against all odds, we do still have very strong social movements, right? Yeah. And, and and if we look at Basra, for example, uh, uh, this incredible radical movement, you know, opposing, uh, uh, you know, the post two thousand and three regime, right, uh, is 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 really incredible, right? I mean, when you when you think about this city where people have difficult access to running water and electricity, despite being, you know, the all rich. Province of Basra, from which ninety five percent of you know Iraq all uh, production is you know coming from right uh, and you, when, you, when you see you know the, the young generation of people in their early twenties you know very uh, very clear about the fact that they refuse sectarianism they, yep. they refuse you know uh, hate on the basis of religion. Uh, I mean this is something that is definitely you know incredibly powerful and but at the same time, because of you know the regional context yeah. uh because of the nature of uh of the regime that was put in place in two thousand and three, I think that uh we will you know we need some time for this yeah. change, uh, uh, you know, to be actually witnessed uh, concretely. And it's true that, for example, there is uh, there is a youth movement in Najaf, uh, uh, you know, very very anti-sectarianism. Because mm. when you are in your twenties in Iraq, that means that you grew up. You know, in the sectarian war, this. right? Yeah, yeah. And you, 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 you grew up. Uh, you know, you were, you witnessed the, the mm-hmm. ISIS. You witnessed right. the sectarian war. So, 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 of course, it, you know, it shapes uh, uh, the way you actually get in, get involved politically, and in the way right. you define yourself politically. So, in this, I, I'm really hopeful, but uh, in in the in the region, and also in relation to this country's involvement in the region, I'm not at all. Well. If, if we're hoping for it to be like it was before, forget about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But
3: new movements,
4: those are, those are terrific. It's mm-hmm. never going to be what it was before. Right. Nothing is. Mm-hmm. New York isn't what it was mm-hmm. before, whenever you date before. Mm-hmm. Yesterday is as mm-hmm. recently as mm-hmm.
0: before as we can go.
2: Yeah, but here are radical changes. Yes, there are, yeah, but a, that's to, part
4: yeah. of how it is being human.
0: Right. And I think That's of when hot. you said the 20-year-olds in Iraq and what they've known similarly I, I work with so many 20-year-olds and this this post 9/11 is all they know. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's the only environment they have and mm. I wonder I wonder particularly because you you've because of your work and because you've just come to America do you see do you kind of have an outside lens on the fragmentation that is here as well? Does it, does it, do any parallels make sense to you or do you feel like that's off the mark? Mm. Uh, to say that, well, I mean, because I'll say as an American, I'm feeling a fragmentation that is different than any I've felt in my lifetime. As an Iraqi American? No, as, American. as an American, as a, as a white Michigan American. <laughs> right? Like that—that yeah. this sense of who your neighbor is and who you can talk, like how you have mm-hmm. to box yourself in a, right. Right. That, and that this, the, the kind of gasoline, back to Iraq. I mean, people live side by side, there were differences, mm-hmm. but gasoline was thrown on the differences and then the match was lit. Mm-hmm. And yes. then even after yes. that, it was years of trying, of not, not, not until a sectarian war it was enacted and i feel like the same is here gasoline's being thrown on matches are being thrown on and everybody's trying to n- not absolutely jump in so is it but i think the gasoline is on no,
3: i mean that's I'm, what's happening right now i'm not now. sure about the parallel it's it's kind of difficult for me to make a parallel but i mean because i've been here since a year i mean I, <laughs> Um, there is something that is so shocking in this country, which is, you know, I mean, the military culture, right? The normalization, and this is cross, kind of, you know, cross, uh, ethnic, cross. Uh, um, this, I think, this normalization of, you know, mm-hmm. the military and mm-hmm. and and this incredible distance, right, that exists. Uh, this idea that you know the Middle East is some place so far away, right? So disconnected, so yeah. uh, and 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 this lack of awareness of the fact that you know actually what you do here and your choices have an impact over there, right? And and and, and mm-hmm. define the future over there. Um, so so in a way, I would I would you know put it in this way. I think that if people, um, in a more hopeful way, right, mm-hmm. is that if actually people. Um, i'm thinking of the black lives matters for example mm-hmm. a movement that is very aware of the issue of you know the military and that is building bridges you know supporting bds for example uh, uh, um, all the dialogue uh, existing uh, around the issue of being afro palestinian for example mm-hmm. and, and I, I think of afro iraqis right mm-hmm. uh, uh, when i think of about uh, al basra i think that what we need uh, would be you know, more kind of transnationalism in terms of our struggles. And and what is happening is not that. What is happening is that everyone is being, you know, more and more uh, very nationalistic, right? Which is so dangerous. I mean, nationalism, when a nation already exists, is a bad thing, yes. is, 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 is very dangerous. So I think that in a way, yes, I witnessed the fact in a way uh, like you are uh, depicting it, that everyone is kind of, uh, uh, you know, like closing itself to its own kind of community, and and also this idea of of, of nationhood, you know, belonging to this American nation is is is, is so incredibly powerful. It's so shocking, you know, uh, and it's when you, when you look at Europe, the rise of you know right wing politics mm-hmm. in Europe. So it's that it's happening all over uh, everywhere. But I guess that what, what I'm hopeful is. The same way when I see social movements and radical youth in Iraq, right, on basis, uh, on basis of real democracy, meaning access to resources. Let's go back to the period where we have universal healthcare, universal education, right? This was Iraq. Yeah. so and, and I think that here, when I see actually activists, uh, you know, expressing that kind of, of, of demands and, and, you know, on basis of, you know, access to resources, equality, I think that, you know, this is where I put... Hope, um, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: You know, I I I don't want to speak politics, and I don't think this is the the purpose of this. So I'm leaving this out. But I I just feel um, that as an as a refugee, that the danger that you so want to heal and integrate, that you forget about. The richness you came from, and that's what I would like to bring. And maybe that richness, when everybody around me sees it, you know, I'm not a stranger. I am not. I'm not primitive because I have an accent. People think my IQ in general is lower if I don't know them and they don't know me because I have an accent. Suddenly they start to articulate the words. What I'm trying to say, I'm like, I understand. You know, like, okay. So, if when you like. Oftentimes, I said before I came here, I wasn't plucking coconuts, you know. I did, like, we, we are from a sophisticated, and, and our brains, you know, and we're civilized. So I think to not lose this and bring it in and express it, like, you can't help but enlighten the around mm-hmm. you. Instead of putting my boxing gloves on look who I am. It may take longer, it may take years, but words alone are not going to do it. I've lived it. Words alone are not going to do it. So this is yeah. my take.
0: Yeah, the the play came out of wanting boxing gloves, but knowing they weren't going to work in that way. Mm-hmm. And I'd yeah. also say that, I mean, we happened to be on the set of Noura, mm-hmm. and exactly everything you've just articulated was part of the conversation with the set designer and director. I mean, they very much came to the table with saying, okay, where do they live? How do they live? This is a psychological space. Yeah, this right. isn't a piece that's of right. realism, as in nobody lives in this particular yellow place in New York. But they're also, you, the audience doesn't come get to meet these very poor refugees with right. accents who are, they want right. to put in that, like they right. have to deal with the fact that these yeah. This is an architect who understands the history of civilization yes. in, in, in her stuff. Yeah. In every way that yeah. she moves through this. So it's, it's one of the ways they, the designers chose to want to articulate where she's come from and what she carries in her psychological space. And right. what she might
2: articulate as an architect
0: given the opportunity
2: yeah. and i don't i'm yeah. sorry no, and i don't think these are made up fantasies that we think of what mm. people may think of, uh, of us i i gathered it from comments like on on a regular basis yeah that makes when i put them together it makes me think well then you must have Thought I lived in a tent before, and the camels were parked outside, and I came to New York City. Wrong.
1: I can't remember the number of times where I've said streets in Iraq are paved way better than the streets here. You know, this is ridiculously but, bad.
4: <laughs> but but <laughs> you know. it, you're right. I think the, the opportunity to to, to as an, to take, take it as an educational moment. Yeah. Exactly. You know, because exactly. people are just they just don't know. Yeah. They don't know. I grew up in the New York City public school system, and I didn't know that there was this whole like 800 years of civilization mm-hmm. that was generated out of Arabic-speaking countries, and and uh, I didn't find that out till my junior year of college when I went to Spain and I looked around you know in and I was like Arabic writing there how that mm-hmm. happen? you know. Yeah. So it's it's just a chance to let people know what's true, exactly. and and I now know the streets were better paved. I knew that there was one hundred percent immunization of children and a lower yep. infant mortality rate yep. in nineteen ninety one in Iraq than there benefits. was yeah. right Absolutely. here.
1: And free education, yeah, free education like we're talking about now,
0: right? You How many? You know? years? Yeah,
1: universal
0: care. Yeah, Husky. yeah. No, there's a million ways to make the set comfortable. And we didn't do any of them. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Because they're uncomfortable. And because she won't settle. Because she starts the play wanting to go back. Assuming she's going to go back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or thinking we're here for this. Like her her soul is over there. Tarek's isn't. Right. Yazin's isn't. They're here. Rafa's, they're here. They're here and they're okay. Mm-hmm. She's still home. and. And I think that that came out of knowing a lot of more recent refugees, or not. I mean, it's, it, how many Palestinian refugees are, won't, won't put furniture, won't, you know, right? yeah. the walls, the cement, like it's, it's a, yeah. it is a, it is a way of, each, each person has their own threshold and their own reason for doing anything, but it, it's her articulation of the space was to get everybody at the dinner table, mm but not to stay in this country.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: It was to keep everybody alive and get them to, together at the table. So the whole set's the table. Mm-hmm. And everything leads to the table. But it's, and, food. Yeah. and food. And food, yeah. yeah. And I mean, the food brings work. them I mean, to yeah. the table, yeah. Yeah. right? And keeps them alive, football. right? Yeah. So it's all that. I mean, she admits it herself halfway th- or at the end of the dinner that she- she's as bad as the mother that forgot the kid because all she's done is worked so hard to keep everybody alive Mm. that she's, you know, missed a lot of moments because of it, Yeah, Mm. for blindness.
4: Food is essential. Food is the piece of your culture you can take with you.
2: Yes, exactly. Pretty
4: much anywhere. Food and music, yeah. And music.
2: And the testimony of that was when we got to Holland and there were no other Iraqis, but like four families or five families in our building we had a get-together almost weekly, and one would call the other Kahwat Azawi is open now. <laughs> and everybody, everybody and forever. we used to go, and the music, Um Kalthum went Smile. on or whatever, and we used to dance and eat and tell each other stories, and we had a little bit of home in these terrible cement buildings in the highest crime of Amsterdam. But we felt very, that we had each other. Yeah. The music and the food and, the, and uh, every celebration, we slaughtered the lamb. I'm sorry for the vegans out there, but, uh, but yeah, we felt very, that we had each other, yeah. comforting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Gahwait Azzawi. Gahwat
2: Azzawi is open. <laughs>
1: that is a very Iraqi reference. Very Baghdadi reference. And yes. for
4: those of us who don't know, what is that? Reference it's uh it's a
1: very popular coffee shop right. in the heart of Baghdad mm. that is constantly busy. That's why I, like Gahit Azzawi is open. hours open that seven. Which means it's open and everybody just goes there in <laughs> the evening.
2: Yeah. I, I I I told you before, um I was sitting all the way in the back, and when Nora lamented at the end how everything is getting lost, the, the language and the culture, and, the, and I always felt it's not going to get lost because I have my mother. And then lately, my mother is starting to forget things. Mm. She's forgetting. And when you and when Nora said these words, I just felt like a partial death. Like, I felt, yes, this is what's going to be. Because the truth of the matter is, there is for me no Judeo Arabic anymore. My children, you know, are more American, and nobody can blame them. This is where they're born. Mm. And I did the best that I could, but it touched me so much that um, mm. I'm, I, I went home thinking, I just have to pay, make peace with that. Mm a little bit of loss that I cannot change. I have to yeah. make peace with this fact.
0: Mm. Mm. Yep, that <laughs> it, I can imagine you feeling that, being born there and having to flee in the way that you did. Mm. It's yeah. amazing to me to also be born here and have had, technically, to have physically lived through none of that, mm-hmm. and yet to see all my family now scattered, I think I look at it, I mean, I have a, I'm an eight- and a ten-year-old, mm-hmm. and this place I could always take them, mm-hmm. I can't. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I can't take them physically, I'll take them now or someday or whatever, it's that, that those hundred or so, mm-hmm aunts, uncles, cousins that together, (laughs) you know, lived in that community, in that group, in that way, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: is now, is now gone forever, and they're scattered, and it dilutes. Each generation, it dilutes a little. It's not that we're not, so I'm passing things on, Mm -hmm. even in my American way, but it's, I, I felt, I felt in, in the last five years, I felt that sudden, I have to deal with this loss, even though I'm an American. I have to deal with this in my own way, and that's what the play came out of. It's kind of trying to say how do I hold this history, but also let it go at the same time. I just had
4: a thought I'd never had before out of what you just said. I realized I was a little envious of Nora, and I'm envious of you, and I'm envious of the memories you could hold of 100 aunts and uncles that you might have gone to because I never had any of that. Mm. My father's one of two, they both left Iraq. Uh, We—I never met any aunts or uncles on that side. I met my grandmother once. Thank
2: you God. You know, yeah.
4: um, on my mom's side, she was an only child. You know, we have a few Nova Scotian relatives mm. if I look for them, but I don't even have that to lose. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. be glad you have that yeah. to lose. As weird as that sounds, it's a—it's a rooting. It's a, yeah, rooting, it it's a heritage.
3: Yeah. Mm.
4: And from everything I've learned about Iraq, it's something to be very proud of.
1: I think what's, what resonated with me the most was that tug-of-war, the here-there, the constant back and forth, back and forth. You're here, you're there, yeah. you're living here, your heart is there, you know. And how everyone um, in the play, and any other Iraqis that I know, in life, um, have dealt with it differently. Some people have mm-hmm. completely disconnected, and that's it—new beginning, forget about what happened. You know, fatmat but it doesn't—it's not dead. You know, um, because it—it it, it informs your your being. You know, your every single your every single day decision making, whether you recognize that or not. And then you have people who are so attached because they have family there, or for other reasons, that they're living on a memory and they're just basically either living in the past or, and completely abandoning um, the present. Um, and just, I guess they're disconnected of somehow from their own reality of what is happening around them in a different space, you know? So, that I cried a few times, you know, because like I see so many characters, so many people from my life. That that constant, the back and forth, the back and forth, you know, it's exhausting, you know, mm-hmm. and you can definitely feel that off off the stage. Um, and you keep thinking about it. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't realize a lot of things until I saw the play, and then I was thinking about the play for like two weeks after. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, it's like my heart is just like going at it, you know, I'm like it's just a play, <laughs> but it's not just no, a yeah. play, you know, mm-hmm. it's, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
3: Yeah, I think that, um, yeah, the, the play uh, made me think of the fact that um, exile and displacement, it actually go through generation, right? Yeah. It's, not, it's not ending like... The way it hasn't ended with my parents is still with me. I still feel like yes. an exile, right? Despite uh, growing up outside of Iraq, right? So so it will... And, and I, I don't know, right, for the next generation to come, but uh, especially also something that... Um, you showed in the play uh, this um, paranoia around ISIS, right? The way she refers to ISIS. Uh, it, it, it's, it's real, actually. It's real because, um, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm going back to something very sad, is because, the, I mean, Iraq is, is, is full of so many traumatic events, right? Violence is, is here. And, and I guess I don't know any Iraqi, I don't know any Iraqi household who hasn't been through you know, a very uh, difficult uh, experience of of, of violence, right? Yeah, Yeah. trauma, exactly. And it's either an uncle that was, you know, killed by the regime, or it's either a cousin that was, you know, uh, died in an explosion, you know, uh, uh, or it's either a relative who died in in, Mm. in Mosul. So, and and I I think this is also perhaps more specific to Iraq in in a way that... um, Perhaps we don't want to let go because we know that we know that there is so much, you know, suffering and trauma, and it's something that we actually communicate, <laughs> you know, everywhere we go, right? When we when we talk about uh, about Iraq, so and then, and it's it's present in the play in, in the way, you know, Iraq is represented, imagined, reimagined, and transmitted to to the kids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I thought about that a lot watching it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And every time Nora tries to, I don't want to say selfishly, but it is quite selfish, um, make it about her experience or her religion or her upbringing, she gets reminded <laughs> it's everybody, mm-hmm. right? And, it's, and that's, yeah. thats the you know, she has to come up against her own... Um, selfish judgments, her own sense of, it's my pain, it's my pain, and she mm. keeps getting reminded, no, honey, it's not, <laughs> it's everybody's in the same boat mm. in that country.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's this constant ambivalence, like, you're trying to stand your ground, Nora's star- trying yeah. to stand her ground, but yet, you want to move on with your life, like, you stand your ground or you move on with your life, can you put them together? Be a little bit lopsided yeah. mm. and, and that's the continuous dilemma and you can't move on I don't feel anybody can move on without respecting where you once stood it, it, you have to take it with you if you want to be vulnerable if you want to be progressive if you want to think of future you have to totally accept the background and the history mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to make it more meaningful moving forward.
0: Well, that's the journey of the play, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. She's carrying it, but then she comes to own it and respect it in a new way yeah. due mm-hmm. to her, the immediate loss that happens on stage. You know, she thinks she's lost everything, and then she loses one thing more that finally can break it open. And, mm-hmm. and then pretty much ending exactly as you said it with how do I let go and hold on a, in the same time, right? It's, she, can't, she can't even finish the line because it's too how do you do that? How does any of us do it? I mean, and I, 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 I see a lot of Americans struggle with that too. I love you all. <laughs> I thank you for coming. Thank you. I thank thank you. It's you just an absolutely beautiful moment to have a group of Iraqi American, whatever we call ourselves, women, a group of women here yeah. together to thank be you. in conversation with each other. Thank
3: you. No, thank you for the play. Thank you for All the you. play.
0: Thank you. And whatever's next. And whatever, yeah. Yes. Mm. Right. Thank
3: you. Thank you. Yeah.